everybody. Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm Zach. And we are, you know, obviously taking some deep dives into movies that were too scandalous or scary in the past. And being that it is, we're right in the middle of October and it's super scary month, um, we're, we're staying with the vibe of spooky movies. And we watched The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So tell me about, do you want to talk about the movie first or do you want to talk about our experience with this movie? Well, let's, let's. Let's talk about our experience with this movie because we did something special. Guys, we went to the theater in our hometown that we grew up in. Yes. This theater has been closed. It closed in 2001. I think so. After we had our, like a major mall open, all the traffic kind of got driven away. And so this theater was closed for decades and has recently reopened as a, as a haunted house, actually, and a, a tattoo studio, but they still keep one theater open. And it has genre films every every weekend. Yeah, I actually went, I guess a couple of years ago when it first reopened. I don't think they were doing movies yet, um, but they did a haunted house. Yes, yeah, so we, we really thought we were we were kind of looking around and seeing. We knew they did movies every once in a while. And they just seemed perfect to be right there in the 90s, right there at that local theater that we went to that we'd all, we've seen Many, many movies together, not as a couple, but together with other people, maybe double dates. Maybe you probably drove me to the movie theater once or twice. (laughs) I have, I mean, this is, this is my movie theater growing up. I've probably seen more movies in this theater than, than any other. And the ticket counter is unchanged. The velvet rope going up the, the ramp to the ticket counter is unchanged. The, uh, the concession concession stand stand is is still the same. I can still see like. Oh, you know, Adam's Family Pinball was over there. Uh, Street Fighter Two w- was over there. The the claw machine was over there. <laughs> I just I I can the claw. Oh, came back to me so vividly. And walking up the ramp to the theater, I just had this memory. It was probably going to see Wayne's World or something around that time, the time of this film. But this huge, the entire hallway display. Of the hand that rocks the cradle. There we go. Yeah, it's super visceral. Like this, the whole feeling of it. I mean, of course, they've obviously they spooked it up a bit. That that's kind of the shtick now. There's a lot of like you know just There's haunted house leftovers. haunted house stuff everywhere. Like you you walk in to the theater. There's like a little like kind of zombie looking butler, and you walk out probably designed for a little bit of a jump scare on one on the other side but the inside the theater they've kind of set it up really cool and there's still some of the original seats which we sat in which probably was unhygienic um (laughs) they've got some couches and some some tables and stuff where you could you could actually eat and and watch and things like that but it was it was very cool to just kind of be in that space again it it used to feel so much bigger oh my goodness did it ever yeah yeah, so we've got some fun photos that we'll post on social media of of the building and the outside, and I I doubt we have there's old photos to find, but we'll see what we can find that way. But it was just a really cool experience to be able to do that. It really was. It really was. So, what about this movie? What do you What do you remember about it? I think I thought this movie was more of. I mean, I knew. I knew there was a woman that was kind of the antagonist. I knew that there was a baby, obviously, the hand that rocks the cradle. But I didn't really know 
any of the details. I still didn't even going into it. I really kind of thought it was probably one of those more like babysitters and like the calls coming in from calls is coming from the inside of the house mm. kind of movies. Uh, I really wasn't sure. I, I also had this very like vivid, I don't know, not really a memory, but just a visualization of like, something under the stairs and I don't know why like I don't know if that really ties in I mean there there's kind of you know some basementy type of stuff going on here but not as much as I think I thought we should uh, go watch the trailer for this before going deeper yeah we should just kind of see like of- where that that image came from I feel like, and this could be, they could be years apart. They could be weeks apart. They could be months apart. But I feel like this was kind of around the same time as Sleeping with the Enemy. Probably. As trailers that would come on before movies that were just a hard no. Just right. don't, don't ask, don't whatever. Like, this says, you're not going to be allowed to see this. You're never going to be allowed to see this. And also movies that probably wouldn't have interested me enough to, to ask to see them. That's, I guess that's the thing. I think I thought this was more of a horror movie than it really was like a psychological drama and really adult themes. I mean, so many adult themes, you know, right from the get go. Can I just say, I love this movie. It was great. It was well paced. It, it, it was, I mean, it was terrible from the perspective of like, oh my gosh, like I knew once I knew what was going on and I knew what was going to happen that, you know, that Rebecca Mornay was, well, you know, welcome back, but Rebecca Mornay in a much more adult role than her previous call girl uh, role. But that once she was going to start sabotaging, I knew that was going to happen. Like I knew that was going to happen, but just the levels that it went to were unexpected. This was what I wanted from Indecent Proposal. Okay, I wanted something sexy, and but I wanted something dangerous, and I that that's that's what I did. I didn't get the danger. Okay, that's true. Yeah, you didn't really. I I didn't know what was going to happen next. I really didn't have enough. Um, to, to know any plot, any plot points other than once we started getting going, I was like, okay, it, I know what the idea is, but the, the details, you know, were, had to be filled in for sure. Yeah. And I love, love, love the moments in these films when you have this master manipulator who's in, and then you have that moment in the film where they realize the jig is up and they just go stark raving bonkers. They just go that, insane. I love that in these kind of movies. It's and so I mean I it wasn't I don't remember asking to watch this movie it it was yeah it was there but I definitely thought it probably was just more forbidden because of yeah the horror movie kind of aspect because we didn't watch horror movies as as a kid really like you know slasher type stuff that wasn't around now we did watch some psychological dramas and and things like that but i right from the get-go there were way too many breasts exposed in this movie for that to for it to have made the cut Mm. i feel like we should go back and look at release dates and just look at titles of movies okay i wonder if there's some stuff that was forbidden and that we you know marked our mind but maybe didn't mark society and culture and that we mm-hmm. didn't really seek out per se I, I think adults. that's definitely a thing like I said uh you know with I mean this would this would have been a little earlier than this thought process but you know like with American Pie I had already come to my thoughts of like I had already written it off like I was already autonomous enough in my 
editing and my censoring for myself in terms of what I thought was appropriate and also what probably was a little highbrow and like what was too juvenile and I just didn't <laughs> you know that's gross or or you know for every time you want to say I'm like that you've got some like that moments babe <laughs> Okay, okay. But but yes, like I think that there are definitely movies that are just like no, this is we don't we don't watch this. At some point that it switched over from I can't watch this to we don't watch this. Gotcha. I, I think A Knight's Tale is kind of my I'm too for this movie. And so, so you can, <laughs> your, your American Pie, mine's A Knight's Tale. And I think we'll probably find that uh, that A Knight's, just like we did with American Pie, that A Knight's Tale's pretty great. Right. We we do need to get, that'll be a bonus. We've said that. We need to make that like a bonus, just quick in, like, you know, reframe. forbidden this to himself because it seemed to... Because he, he goes to Renaissance festivals and he knows what it's really like. Because <laughs> so that makes him cool. Exactly, exactly. This is like medieval times. Right. <laughs> Which I so want to go to. We were just talking about that last time. We, we did. I've we never did. been and I want to go so bad. Like, is this like you want to go to medieval times or would Dolly Parton's Dixieland Stampede work? I was like, no. Dolly <laughs> want- Parton's Dixieland Stampede would not do the trick. You want you want the, you, the knights. Oh, do, do, I mean, patron saint Dolly. Dolly is fantastic. But yeah, it's it's not the same. There's knights. There's ladies and handkerchiefs. And... Janine Garofalo is your serving wench. <laughs> um, well, we've all fallen on hard times if you we actually find Janine Garofalo <laughs> as our serving wench by the time we go to medieval times. But the world is crazy. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so anything else setting the stage? 1992. So we're, we're going back a little bit. Mm-hmm going back earlier on but i mean this is kind of peak moviedom for us it is but i still think we're seeing a crossover you know, not to you know really get into just movie movie ideological stuff in general we're still in a realm that movies are for adults mm-hmm. you know we i mean we've started to see there's adult movies and there's kid movies and there that's i still don't know we're probably just starting to get into that that vein where they can cross over where there's a there's jokes for adults but whimsy for kids and they can overlap and 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 hit both audiences um or to even start to think that the younger like the 18 to whatever genre is worth is a moneymaker it's worth catering towards mm-hmm. and so that like you're right sleeping with the enemy this um all of those movies that were like they're just about adult life. Yeah, this seems like it's for grown-ups. I, for, I've said that yes. before. There's movies for adults and there's movies for grown-ups. This is for grown-ups. Like this This is a lot of grown-up stuff. to 20. I'd have no you know, I mean it's full disclosure, we are not parents. We have no. cats. If if you're a parent out there, maybe sit this one out. It I I Ooh, it really hit a lot of buttons for me even not as a parent just like that feeling of like helplessness and um in the manipulation you you know how i am with like i don't find genres of movie where where it's the entertainment is watching people do bad things and this doesn't hit that quite in the same way like as like the torture porn and all that kind of stuff like hostile or oh and actually you'd always tell me that hostile is not that kind of movie but that's always what's stuck in my head i've never actually seen hostile so okay i'm pretty sure that it is um but i think we were talking about saw i think that 
Well, I think Saul has some redeeming yes. moral of, and has Carrie always. True, right? I do struggle with that. Like, how is Carrie always <laughs> in a movie like Saw? It, it just, it, I can't, rec- I can't reconcile it in my brain. But this didn't do that entirely, but it did hit some of those buttons where it's like, how far is this going to go? How many, how many lives are actually going to be ruined? Mm. Um, before before this is exposed, because we know it's going to get exposed. That's that's the whole thing. It has to come to a head. But how many people are going to suffer, like you know, irreparably before that happens? I mean, this movie gave me panics. I, it watching Jenny look something up on my computer <laughs> is, is tough. They're like my my space, you know, like my chair, my office. <laughs> so and I love this person. Beyond anything, and but there's still like MySpace, and you know, and like seeing that space invasion, just ooh boy, and it it's done so it it, I I guess you know let's kind of I guess re if if those of you who haven't from the beginning we probably should just just kind of go back and we can talk about you know how I think it simultaneously is a real slow burn and escalates very quickly um it it, it really plays both sides of that at the same time very interestingly but you know right from the get-go um I have it the the opening credits start and I'm like I know this song I know this song and it's you know it's an operatic piece and I was like it's poor wandering one from the Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> we watched the Pirates of Penzance. It is. It wasn't. It was a movie, but it was a taping of a play. Oh wow! Um, that we watched so much. It's it's Kevin Klein. It's uh oh, it's Rex somebody. Rex somebody that was like hot at the time. Not Rex Harrison. Rex. No, no. Um, Linda Ronstadt. I feel like I've seen this. We we watched it so much. We knew all the songs. We sang all the songs. We did all the dances. It it was definitely one of those things because it was, it's it's very romantic, but also very silly. And and so it, immediately this set me in this tone. I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? And this that this music, the song. I noticed there's a poster on the wall later on in the house. The Pirates of Penzance. Shaving. They're singing. Yeah. The record is playing later on in the end when she's stalking them. She and... sets it as her alarm. Alarm later on as she's like adopting more and more. And so I really, I started to say last night, I was like, well, I'm going to wait and say this, but now I have like a really like a troubling whatever with with (laughs) this song because it is like a a joyful like thing from my childhood. I'm like, ooh, this became very, very ominous very, very quickly. (laughs) But I was like, oh, you know, this is an interesting choice, you know, and and we really don't get into it as to why. Like, you know, oh, this is his favorite musical or this is his favorite anything. They were making this movie today they would beat us over the head with that they would they would they would there would be vo you know the 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 studio would come back with notes and there would be all these moments where you're seeing the back of someone's head like don't you know he loves the pirates of penzance right because even in 1992 do people know the pirates of penzance i don't know i don't know i mean it's not widely known as 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 a lot of your other musicals are but um, i think people probably know a lot of the pieces like modern major general Mm -hmm. you know those kind of things so it's kind of a not the main song from kind of a third string musical i I, no no shade but it's kind of right musical but so also like it's not like this i mean poor wandering one too. I mean, you think about the title, uh-huh. and and does anybody even know that? Like, if you've listened, I mean, you. It's being said as she's singing it, 
But if you aren't really paying attention, are you really noticing that we keep talking about a poor wandering one? And who are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That that had to be someone's really uh, subtle choice. There's, a, so there's some highbrow shots in this. Yes. Some land, some don't. But there, there's some... Somebody thinks they're smarter than some other people yes, in the room. Yes, they, they do. This, they do. Or, or directing this or ADRing this or, or whatever. But I picked it up. Yeah. They're... They're 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 not so not so sly, but the first thing I wrote is this is the whitest house you know. <laughs> Did you note the the entire house is painted white? Completely. The the shingles are painted white. All the walls are white. Everything is white except for the floorboards. Everything in this house is painted completely white. And it's it's not it's st- well it stands out in the neighborhood too. It it feel to it kind of made me laugh because it feels very now. Like you you go to neighborhoods now and you've got all your your old brick and then you've got that one person who's gray washed it or whitewashed it because it's super hot right now. And that's what it looked like. It's like oh these these are like the really hip young couple. <laughs> They've come into this. They painted their shingles. Right. They painted. What in the world? They painted everything and and it. it does it stands out as like it's pure mm-hmm. it's un you know it has not been infiltrated like everything about this house and this family is secure and like a shining beacon of like love and i i think that's what it's supposed to represent do we get into now or should we save it to the end that you know when rebecca de mornay first comes up to the house and she has this brilliant blue scarf on and then she's regularly wearing either blue or very red clothes. And then you have Solomon, who's constantly painting things green. Mm-hmm. And I just found that at the very end, when she's kind of stalking them through the house, there are so many toys and paintings and things. The dishes, the candles, everything is blue or red. That she's, she's, she's infiltrated, infiltrated the house. The, house. the, 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 the ba- ba- uh, banner in the kids' bedroom, you know, she's just making this house bluer and redder. As she's she just taking it over. In. You know what my hot take is? Do you know who I think she looked like in this movie? That yeah. I never. She looks like Hillary Clinton. Oh man, I'm gonna side by side it. Like not just like the way she's dressed. She is Hillary Clinton in this movie, and oh, I was wow. like, one of the first things I wrote down, I was like, oh my gosh, the I mean, not just the pearls, but in the '90s at this time. She looks like Hillary Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton is running for president. Hillary Clinton is like his darling, you know, oh, governor's wife. Like, I mean, this would have been filming in maybe 91. This or... would have been right then. So I I am curious as to see who she channeled because Hillary Clinton would have been out there and dressing exactly the same way in a very, very similar look. But I think her look is very interesting here, too, because I think that you see, one, she's very... I mean, well, let, let's get, let's, I don't know, we're, we're kind of running all over ourselves as to who she is. So the movie starts off. Introducing John DeLore. John DeLancey. John, John DeLancey, that's right. And I just think like, I know that name. I know that name. Like, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I know it's somebody that I have fond memories of. But it's like, oh, Q's in this. 
And like, rah, 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 rah. Q is a creepo. Yeah. The first thing I was like, oh, is the doctor a creep? Um, yeah. Like a major creep. Like, like, like more than your garden variety creep. Ooh, like, yeah, that that just, that like makes my skin call, crawl right now. Um, so. Yeah, that was more than I wanted to see. Oh, uh, that was, that was awful. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so we meet this family. The mother's expecting it's their second child. She goes to meet a new doctor. Her doctor's retired. It is. Um, Q and he sexually assaults her as he's giving her an exam for the first time and you know she recognizes it for what it is right away um, she is you know very traumatized by it her husband which gotta give her for 1990s her husband says right away we have to come forward with this you know um, and and he he takes her like he he doesn't he says he believes her right away there's no conversation about whether he believes her which I think is maybe kind of uh, bold for the early 90s. But um, so then they accuse or they, they they accuse him. They put it out there. Other people come forward. So very quick and to the point, doctor commits suicide. And Rebecca DeMornay is his wife, now his widow, who was also expecting, loses the baby as a result of the trauma of all of this and is now set on revenge because... For some reason, the nose footage, which of course you have to do this to move the along, moving along. They have to put a photo of this woman who has not even brought suit against him. It makes a point to say she is the first accuser. She's not brought suit, but here's her lovely picture, so we can all see what she looks like as a, a survivor of sexual assault. Um, so now she knows, and we just are then, you know, to come in later. And she has that being had- said, talk to your financial planner because you don't want to leave your leave your loved ones completely destitute. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. Yeah. She was in a bad place money wise. Um, you know, as all, but all of that being said, like it's all. So, so the plot is now that she is, you know, going to infiltrate this family in some sort of way. We know that she is seeking revenge. Um, but so all that to be said, I mean, that's obviously all that to be said, because that's the whole point of the freaking movie, (laughs) but all that to be said that, so she has so many faces in this movie. She is a rich doctor's wife, very like pulled back, very sleek, very, you know, I expect she wears a velvet dress at holiday parties, um, in the nineties. Then we have her in this very buttoned up, sweater set sweater around your neck you know still looking she doesn't look young when she's wearing the when she's wearing no, that she's an adult she's an adult but then we have her in the house and they are dressed like there are moments when she's trying to be seductive but there are also moments when she's just like sweatpants sweatpants and she looks so young yes, like yes. she looks so much younger like she looks like soft like her face is soft and she's just not as hard like i don't know if it's you know, they really do a hard makeup job for her when they're and they're filming her really close when she's angry and and I don't know. I'm not sure if they're really trying to create this dichotomy of know. how hard she is and how cold she is. When she's trying to be the friend or the seduct the the, the mm-hmm. friend to to the mother or the seductress to the husband, she mm-hmm. looks so young. She looks so like a teenager and like a nanny. I mean yes. like like fitting of, of this role. But when she's trying to be the mommy she looks very, She's very adult. Very, very adult. Very, yeah, very polished, crisp, you know, out of out of a catalog. Like whites and blues and everything like you said. But also very early in my notes, I we meet Ernie Hudson. And I have a question mark. Oh, I have like, mm. oh no, this is going to be a dated black stereotype. 
like, oh, good, it's a dated mental illness stereotype. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm not smart enough to, <laughs> to I don't know. unpack I, that. But... I, will, I will make two points. One, they would never do it now. No. Never, ever, 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 ever. I, I don't, I understand what they're doing with this character. They're making him a Boo Radley. And I don't have as much of a problem with it as I thought I would. No, by the end of the movie, I really loved Solomon. Uh, oh, I love Solomon. I mean, he was, Ernie Hudson did a fantastic job of, he, he, he played it very subtly. He was very lovable, endearing. He was never, he did a really good job because they could have, I know we knew that Rebecca De Mornay um, was our villain from the get-go. They could have, if they wanted, created a little subterfuge and a little bit of some twist and made him seem menacing, but he never did. And he really didn't overplay the character who was mentally challenged that he was playing. Could have gone way, way different kind of way. And I really, I felt so much emotion for his portrayal and his love, you know, his apprehension, his love towards them, his his fear for them, mm-hmm. knowing that this woman was out to get them. And he knew, he knew, because so, you know, you've got the smartest person in the room. Right. Really, he is the smartest person in the room. He sees He's the her. the only one that sees every, I, I said later that Winston sees your soul. <laughs> Winston. <laughs> Love Ghostbusters. Completely off the subject, but there is a episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> uh, guest starring Ernie Hudson reprising his uh, Ghostbusters role. Oh, wow. And this episode is not available on any current streaming platforms. It's just missing. Oh, wow. And uh, he utters the phrase when the ghost gets Luigi, drooling moronic zombie. And that is a phrase that I use to insult people for almost 30 years. <laughs> Something I still think to this day uh, when, when talking with somebody on the phone that's really annoying me. <laughs> so it, Ernie, Ernie has it as stamped hard on, yes. on your, your verbal, verbal skills. But it was a masterful performance. It really was. I mean, I was afraid for him and... I was afraid from him in a lot of different ways. Maybe they shouldn't have done it, and that's its own <sighs> argument. It but is. they did, and I, you know, he, he was did very. He, he was, was very, the best actor in the movie. He really was, and um, it may be one of the best performances I've ever seen him do. I, yeah, I've never I seen him do anything like that before. No, he's usually just pretty much kind of like a, hey. co- a cop, or yeah, he's just Ernie Hudson. Hey. Like it's just like you know, <laughs> hey, how's it going? And it was, yeah, it was just very, very. Sp- Special, I think the relationship that he built with them and how much he he recognized um, and and could be to his own detriment that he he made sure that they were still okay like he he followed them mm-hmm. which could have been seen in a completely different way um, and the scene in the or early on where you know he's like I you know you're not supposed to hold the baby mm-hmm. and then they just hand the baby over to this there, there's something to be said for that you know yeah I mean he knows what it is I mean and he knows there's a, there's overprotection in that way. I mean, he, well, he knows he might be dangerous, you know, and, and, and they know that maybe he's not ready for this responsibility, mm-hmm. but then they just immediately hand her over or hand him over to like monster crazy lady. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like here, yeah, here, I, I love this family and like, I'm just, I, I you're blonde, you're white, you're, 
you know, you have a higher IQ. Here you go. Take the kid. That's true. Yeah. We just met you off the street. You literally. <laughs> like showed up on our front porch. Right. Like, like yeah. Walked out from behind the bus. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. I think that's a whole nother underlying plot that this it probably isn't trying to make really. Um, but yeah, that. It, it makes it 20, 30 years later. Oh, man. <laughs> 30 years. Where did those 30 years go? Don't know. We did just look up uh, and find out that Danny Glover was uh too old for this shit. When he was the same age that I am right now. <laughs> so, so having a little bit of moment on that. Uh, <laughs> but it the might be kind of freeing that you can just decide you're too old for this shit now. Like, good point. Right now. Uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for this podcast. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Jenny hit me. and <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm sitting way over here. All right. So there's editing happening here. Yes, there is. So yes, making a big point that it probably didn't really set out to make, um, but but I would give that to the many the layers of both of their performances. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. I mean, I guess yeah. The family kind of has to be slightly bland in order for them to pop so mm-hmm. much, um, and that's the whole point. Like this family is just. They're fine. They're great. They're everything is great and rosy, and they're successful, and they love each other. And and she's you know she's sexy. She's got her six month baby. Like actually no, <laughs> like three. They come back. It says six months later. Yeah, six months later. But then we also someone says that he's three months old, and I don't know if that's Rebecca Dumourne lying about how old he is to someone else. I or don't was know. Was she six months pregnant at the time, and so they've had this baby, probably, and the baby is now three months old. So could that, so could she's be three months post baby. Uh, I mean, she's working it in that. She man, robe. she was, I mean. she was. Um, yeah, I mean, she looked super sexy, and that you know that was the beginning, kind of the beginning of the. Well, I don't remember honestly if there's probably some stuff that happens before that we'll get into in a minute. Um, but the beginning of the offensive um, of, and I, I have on here, I have on here my notes: frumpy sabotage. <laughs> that you know she's she's ma- messing up her favorite sexy dress so that she has to wear something that's a little frumpy um so that she's already starting to feel alienated from the group she's not as dressy she's not as sexy she's wearing a springy dress um but i gotta kind of say like michael husband michael he's like this could have been i think it seemed like maybe we were gonna start to expose some problems here and then they sort of okay you know but also too i think there could have been like one more thing said that I think would have, I don't know. It creates this like, so she's feeling unsexy about it. She's still like, you know, rallying and going. And he's like, I thought you were going to wear that dress. And she could have said, I, I realized I had something spilled on it and I couldn't like, Oh, okay. Instead of like, I'm intentionally not wearing the dress that you got me or like the dress that I feel the sexiest in. So it's already kind of saying like, I don't feel sexy because I'm not wearing this dress and I'm not wearing this dress because I don't feel sexy. It's creating, it created one thing, one, the reason why I'm not wearing this dress, which is no issue whatsoever. It had a stain on it, um, which Rebecca Dormone caused, uh, would what I think wouldn't create that seed in either one of them in the same way. So a little bit of communication was worth saying, you know. <laughs> Next thing I have is watch out for people with crazy eyes. For sure. Because Rebecca De Mornay is beautiful, but she had some crazy eyes in this movie. And if you like, 
you know, if just one time somebody like turned around, like, whoa, you know, like, yeah, what's like going on with your eyes? <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, how many times do you see some serial killer or whatever? And like, one thing they all have in common, like, you know, most are white, most are between whatever and whatever. Most of them had, you know, bed with a kid or whatever. But like, just pretty much everybody that ever goes on a rampage or whatever, like, they all have crazy eyes. Maybe it's because they're high. Maybe it's because they're trying to mean mug the camera in their mug shot. But they all have crazy eyes. They do. If we just, you know, Get rid of DNA testing and just start arresting everybody with crazy eyes. Uh, and- that could be problematic. Um, that sounds like the whole thing. What were we talking about the other day? Like the guy in, was it Virginia, who was going every week, like making crazy faces and changing his driver's license picture, like painting <laughs> his face and shaving his hair and his head into weird things. And if you guys haven't seen that YouTube video. Oh my it gosh. It's hilarious. Classic. But then they finally made a rule against it. But then people with, with horrible genetic... Uh, or face deformities due to injuries got turned away because they thought people were trying to do scams. That might happen if someone with crazy eyes who just has crazy eyes can't help it. We might start uh, having a little bit of there issue. There will be some wrongful incarceration. There's plenty of wrongful incarceration right now. Let's <laughs> Maybe crazy eyes is, is a better discriminator. Exactly. I think it's, it's better than, uh, you know, marijuana usage or race as determining. <laughs> well, I was thinking my first introduction to her... Is in the Three Musketeers. Okay, with which is with Kiefer Sutherland. Your swoon movie, huh? Which is your swoon? Uh, movie. It's a major swoon movie. Oh my gosh! Like that or hackers? Both, both d- different reasons. Um, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, what's his face? It's Oliver Platt in that. Oliver Platt. Welcome back, Oliver Platt. Love Oliver Platt. He's Charlie he, Sheen and Charlie Sheen um, and. Oh, uh, Colonel Richelieu. Um, oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. And also and Michael Wincott. And Michael Wincott and Rebecca DeMornay is like she's she's like she's a black a widow. Yeah. She's a black widow in it. So I already kind of knew her as kind of having this this duplicitous because uh, she and Kiefer Sutherland's character like had been in love and young and whatever and something happened. She makes she makes a she says a phrase something like I became like what you thought I was or something like that. And that just I don't know that's that's always kind of the way I've associated with her. No Clive Warren in any of these movies. No, though. no, no Clive Warren. Should we even get it? Sorry, asterisk. If you you know what that is, good for you. If you have no idea, Rebecca DeMornay and Clive Warren delve into podcast history. We're not going to explain it. That's a little Easter egg for you. So things escalate quickly. Can I go back just a little bit? Yeah, go back. I said, it's cute. But if we lived next to people where every time daddy came home from work, he honked the car as he was Ugh, pulling into the driveway, no. I would commit mayhem. <laughs> no can do. There would be so many Karens um, out in the lawn. That would, that would not. That would not play in it would 2021. Not. I did wonder if his car was just was vintage or just old. Like, I, because it was not like a 90s car. No. And I, we've talked about that in previous episodes. I love old cars. Did you notice the headpiece or the, the, the headrest was missing a huge chunk out of it in the driver's seat. In his car? Yes. No, I didn't really. Or her, or her car. Her car. Her but car. Like, and her, wasn't her car like a Volvo? A Volvo yeah. Like the safest car on the road? <laughs> yeah, there's a huge that they chunk leave their, missing that out they of it. That they leave their daughter in to go to the dry cleaners? I have that later on. <laughs> leaving children in the car. Oh, I still get left in the car all the time. I know. We all were. <laughs> I mean, was. Until I was old enough to go to the ATM on my own when I was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> and they would just drive around. <laughs> and I'd go to the ATM and get 
forty dollars out so we could go to eat uh, lunch after church. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, your was 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 your pin number the same pin number that your mom <laughs> set up? No, she actually set up a real pin number for hers. <laughs> right, that that she trusted you with at eight. <laughs> yes, yes, my mother. Uh, set up my pin number to the debit card i still have when i was 17 years old and i'm not going to get too far into it but it is she thought it was a little more secure than it actually is it's very common anyway uh makes me laugh but so then i have just even peyton question mark her name is peyton was peyton was peyton a name in 1992 i was unaware of peyton's before manning's right exactly if you lived in middle tennessee and there was all of a sudden every child under two was Peyton. Yes. It was it was a weird time. It really was. Boys, girls, massive mayhem, cats and dogs, <laughs> mass hysteria, Peyton's everywhere. But yeah, Peyton was but then also I mean, no, I guess that, that was not her name. I can't remember what her actual first name was. I just said Mrs. Mott. Mrs. Mott, which is, she doesn't look like a Mrs. Mott either. No. Like, it seems so, because you, I mean. She's an heiress to applesauce. Right. She should be fabulous. I mean, <laughs> we never really get to see her being truly fabulous. But, okay, so we get into some of the the small, like, little pieces of endearing herself. Um one, she notices mom's earring keeps falling off and she acts like a baby's going to swallow it. And so they've, she saved the baby. So obviously they're going to hire her as their nanny. Um, the earring, though, I thought, I immediately wrote down, is she going to steal it and frame Ernie Hudson? Ah. Like, that's what I thought. And then, oh, but no, she does way worse. Oh, man. Way, 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 way worse. <laughs> like, way, way worse. Um, but also, too, so they, I, I will a little shade on Claire, which is the mom. Um, they meet in the park or they meet wherever and she's kind of going through and she's telling her story. Uh, Rebecca DeMornay is telling her story and she's talking about how she lost her husband and her baby in the same year. Claire says nothing. She doesn't say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that That's terrible. She's like, I'm building a greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of hate her too. Like, <laughs> like, like, I am so bored and so suburban. <laughs> right, that I'm building a greenhouse. We need a nanny so I mean, that I can that, be outside and build my greenhouse. That, I mean, is that like the uh, the Seattle version, like Real Housewives of Seattle or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I'm building a greenhouse. <laughs> I need a nanny. <laughs> I've always wanted to visit the Pacific Northwest. There aren't really a lot of flights that fly direct from here. It's a, it's a no, tough flight. No, it is. That's funny. I, it, it's, it is very privileged. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I volunteer in the mornings at the Botanical Garden. And <laughs> now I, you know, we're so busy. I'm so busy. My husband is a genetic researcher, which is a whole other thing in the 90s. A thing, but I don't think it really provides that kind of lifestyle. I wouldn't have thought so. But also, too, like, why was he... A report that becomes a pivotal plot point too later to the EPA. A grant proposal to the EPA. I, I mean, know. I don't know. The, the, I don't know what. what Nobody it, knew what genetic engineering was back then. Nobody knew. They just thought it was some magic science. Maybe. Okay. So, but I mean, it's. I do feel bad for her. She hasn't really started doing anything evil yet. Her situation is devastating. I mean, we don't know anything about Rebecca Dornay's relationship with with Dr. Mott, with her husband. You know, if it was, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, he was he was a predator. And that doesn't mean that she was a, like, it, it, I don't know. It, it becomes very complicated. Like, um, 
Like she might have been a nice lady, though. A lot of terrible things happened to, and just just went a little stark grave. She broke, you know, boing, you know, springs springs broke, and they, it was irreparable. Um, but then you know, then she's there. She's there overnight. Like I'm like, really? Do we need to live in nanny? I mean, if do we need to live in nanny? I, I wondered all of that. I mean, it doesn't work for the plot if she's not a live-in nanny. No. I understand that. But it didn't seem like a live-in nanny kind of situation. But I love when they went down to the basement. It reminded me so much of my parents' basement because none of that wiring is up to code. <laughs> <laughs> There's just things stapled to the stairs and wire. It reminded me of drilling holes in my childhood floor to run coaxial cables so I could have cable in my room. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, oh, this is, you know, like, oh, but your your room gets light. Does it really? Kind of? Maybe? I don't know. And all those all those uh, jars, you know, they have botulism in those things. Oh, my God. Oh, all the can, yes, like canning. all the canned foods. Oh, man, that, that cannot be good. Oh, man, we're cleaning out your guy's garage, you know, the can canned deer meat. He's Ugh. like, it's good. We're like, like, it is growing stuff. No, it is not good. It is not okay. Not good. We threw that away. Um, <laughs> so she's overnight. First night. First night. She, well, she goes up there. I thought, um, I, my first thought, she was going to smother the baby because she picks up a pillow. Um, no. Weirder and creepier and really more subversive. She breastfeeds the baby. Like, okay, this is happening right from the get-go. Day one, like, not even going to, like, get a feel for people's patterns. Like, you know, <laughs> see if people have, like, insomnia and eat, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the middle of the night in the kitchen. Um, you know, people, like, if, if the what's the floorboard situation? Parents of three-year-olds write in. Is there a time where there's been 3 a.m. and you haven't been awake? Right, I mean, I mean, and a like, newborn, what, what, too. What about 3 a.m.? You know, like, a parents of a three-month-old, like... Right, but, so like they're just everybody's asleep, everything is quiet. But even then, like you don't even know the 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 rhythm of this household. Um, you haven't even been there to know like what time dad gets up. Does he have a super early job? Like, it seems like you would you would set yourself up for success right. in your plots Let's for give it two weeks. Right, that's what I would thought. Like, just live in this for a little bit, um, and, and go from there. But no, no, right away, um, you know, and that becomes a very you know click 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 all the all the pieces that click together that 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 say you know what what's been going on um i really feel like we did meet miss at the end the like the flash point of like all the it should have been part of this like you know all the things that she's been doing this like it all falls into place and makes sense but she breastfeeds the 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 baby i'm like okay yeah okay this this is creepier than i was expecting yep it got there really, really quick. You know, then to this movie's point, and we already kind of said this, I don't have a ton of notes because yeah, it really a is a good movie. Yeah, I do have a few notes before that. I have mm-hmm. when we were going out to the party. I had, is that Julianne Moore? Yeah. And I think it is. I haven't actually it gone is. that far yeah. in the cast she list. Was, she was in the cast list. Welcome. I, lo- I love Julianne Moore. She's fantastic. And, she and was, she's a broad. She's my kind of brat is, is what I wrote. She is my kind of, or you know, she's my kind of guy. She's my, your kind of guy. She really is. I mean, she is smoking and cussing and driving up a storm and and yeah, she's I love And it. she has I mean, we'll we'll get to it, but she has my favorite moment, quote unquote, in my favorite thriller, mystery, whatever moment later on. The only time we stopped and talked to each other in the middle of the movie uh, moment a little <laughs> bit later on. But that I have, have- BJ and lasagna. <laughs> what did he say? She's not a very good cook. 
wasn't creepy. He did like lur- like oh, luridly man. stare at Rebecca Dornay in her sweatsuit. And like he caught her, uh, she caught him and was just like, yep, he's a perv. You know, <laughs> I, I, no one's fooling nobody. But that's, it's so typical. I mean, they didn't do it as bad as they could have, but there's the friend like, well, maybe we should start having kids so we can have a hot nanny, basically. And then like the lab assistant who's like, yeah, sure. Like, tell me who your agency is. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, come on, come on. They, they couldn't help themselves. It just had to happen. But uh, oh, she also, uh, Julianne Moore makes the, she's kind of like, what you doing? Like, do you really need this lady in your house? Uh, she's a voice of reason for this entire movie. She is. And she comes up with the phrase, she's like, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. That's a little intense. That's a little much. Is that actually a thing? Because no she pulled idea. it out like it's a saying that people say. Right. So that maybe that's a deeper dive. Like, is that actually a known phrase? Um, because I never heard it before. And I didn't know the hand that rocks the cradle other than this. Yeah, I think if that was a phrase, I think this movie ruined it. So... <laughs> We'll have to see. Uh, yeah, just random points here, I guess, until we get to the climax. I have that uh, square tie, so many pleats, baggy brown shirt, graying beard. Mm-hmm. I love the fashion in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is just such a, we're still the 80s, but we're the 90s. Oh, man, I loved it. I was... It- it was very, yeah, it just it was very appropriate. Everybody fit in, in the time. I have, why is the nanny at the greenhouse? Like, if you have a nanny so that you can, like, why are they always together? <laughs> Isn't that the whole point? Like, multitasking. Like, someone is like there. You take with the, the baby and I'll go do this. Right, right. And so they're together. There's, there's, they're, I guess and you have to build rapport, mm-hmm. but still, they're together a lot. But so that she's, scene when she goes to the bathroom. Oh my gosh. And like, tears up his, so they stay up all night. I guess he's got some you know, proposal for a grant. Wife, Claire, volunteers to drop it off at Federal Express, uh, not FedEx. Um <laughs> And, but he's like, you sure? You sure? And so, of course, like, this is another way to create conflict. Um, Rebecca DeMornay steals it, goes to the bathroom at the Botanical Gardens, and loses her mind. She rips it up. It goes everywhere. She's, like, beating the stall with a plunger and, like, I mean, just going full. Did she clean that up, though? I was like, to me, that felt like shreds left. Like, someone would be like, what's this? Like, like- you know. Hey Claire, did you did you, hey Claire like at the place where she like there was DNA like, and environment on this piece of on this piece of torn up paper? Did you right, did she somewhere? just left it like that? Like that seemed like a huge like thing to like you know mistake to that could have come back. I think if they wanted to you know in her rage she makes this mistake even though it's very early on. She's and, been so calm, cool, and collected this whole time, and then she just ooh. I said like good to know she's normal crazy as well as baby crazy and. Right. I, I don't know. I don't rem- even remember the conversation going on. Like, it, it was something said that really oh, triggered that her. I didn't see it. I didn't either. I mean, I, I would be interested to maybe go back and watch that scene and see what they're talking about to see if there's something that really triggers. Because mm. they're, I mean, it's not, I don't, you would think the whole, every, the whole situation she's putting herself in is triggering. And then the next note I have is surprise party, your worst nightmare. That too. I, the last thing I have is surprise party, scare to kill, <laughs> because we've already established that Claire has asthma, 
The murder by surprise party. Murder by surprise party. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, is she going to like scare her into... Because I will say, there were a lot of things they set up that could have gone a lot of different ways. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I did laugh out loud, though, when the guy's like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Because it, yeah, like, of course... That was, was there any other time you laughed in the movie? I can't remember. That was such a tension-relieving moment. It really it was. was. <laughs> it was really well done. Um, I don't think so the the pacing on that the acting of all the extras they're just staring that scene was masterful the big cake they're holding (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i also had on that like who throws a surprise party in the middle of the day doesn't give someone a heads up like hey we're gonna go someplace nice you should you could dress up you can look good no it's in the middle of the day you just came home from the greenhouse from the dry cleaners from the greenhouse and you look like crap and also you feel like crap because you've been given all these like hints and cues and whatever's that your husband is potentially cheating when he's been planning a surprise party that the nanny suggested on purpose to create this whole conflict but also too yeah like you you would one you wouldn't throw me a surprise party because that's terrible um, because I am too much of a control freak about all the things happening with something like that. But you, I'm trying to even think. Have we gone? We've gone a couple places maybe that you haven't given me all the details, but you give me enough to like be prepared for the situation because you also know one of my biggest fears is being like not appropriate for the situation. I don't like to be underdressed or overdressed. I did have Jenny's boss sit me down and talk to me for about two hours telling me about how the last surprise that I had for her was such a bad idea and it was stressing her out so much. <laughs> Which I, do, just to be honest, like, not even the case. Like, I, I knew where we were going. I didn't tell him I even knew where. I was like, oh, Zach is, like, planning a surprise. Like, I knew and I didn't even say, I never said anything about, like, oh, no, I hate that idea. <laughs> but Obviously, he's clued into me enough to like to know, know that, that like you don't like surprises. I don't like surprises, and I don't like people to talk to me first thing. We in the might morning. have to post though. I took her to meet a capybara. It was amazing. Yes, so we got to pet capybaras. For we her did birthday, before the world, right before the ended. world ended. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> I did. Laugh. No, we laughed at one other thing <laughs> because just oh, you know something about because she's setting up the 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 brain crazy. Or the, like the the doubt seeds of doubts about Marlene, the brain, crazy. the brain crazy, the brain crazy. We'll have to remember that one. Is that my seaworthy animal? Is that animal? seaworthy animals of this episode? <laughs> setting up the brain crazy. I mean, that could be an album in 1992. Like I don't know, the Spin Doctors setting up the brain crazy. <laughs> there we go. Or Red Hot Chili Peppers maybe setting up the brain crazy. Cypress Hill all setting of, up the brain crazy. All of those things would work. Yeah. It could be all three of them together, a split yes. EP. Yes. Setting up the brain crazy. So setting the seeds of doubt about Marlene, Julianne Moore, who is like, so I guess they're like best friends, like best friends through the husband though, because I guess this is like an old girlfriend, but like long ago um, and talking about, I don't know how the conversation comes up, but they're talking about like, oh, well, you never really get over your first love. Oh. And she says, well, I wasn't his first love. And you're like, I bet you'll never guess who is. She goes, Marlene. Marlene. And I think we <laughs> laughed at that because it was so not well played. It was so, she could like, she, she, she could have played that a little I mean, smoothly. maybe she was saying it because to make it like, isn't it obvious? <laughs> right. Like he's like, isn't it obvious in the way that he lights up when she's in the room? Like she didn't say those things and maybe that's what she was implying. But I think we did laugh out loud when she said that because it was so not subtle. Um, oh, I also have. So part of the thing of him or uh, her thinking that he's cheating is he only smokes with Marlene because she smokes. He only like, she's the bad, you know, bad influence. And he comes home and he smells like smoke. But I'm like, 
everyone smokes in the 90s. Can you really tell that someone is smoking when everyone in the world is still you smoking? You could go to the mall. You could go to anywhere. You go to the restaurant. They're, exactly. Or... They're smoking in a restaurant. They're smoking. She's smoking in her office. They're smoking everywhere. Like, could you really dial in? I mean, yes, like, if I guess like, you, know, like the, they you kiss. can't smoke in the lab. Okay, so that's one place you can't smoke. Right, but you could probably still smoke at hospitals. You could, I don't know. Everywhere else, so like, is it maybe airplanes by now? You couldn't smoke on. I don't. Uh, know. I, don't I don't know. You could <laughs> in the two thousands. You could still smoke. So you know, smoking there used to be for all of kids sit down, gather around. Um, there used to be smoking sections in restaurants. I know, as if it made a difference, as if the air was filtered, as if. As if things didn't float through the air and that you maybe needed to block your face so that you didn't pick up those carcinogenics or germs. No, no real agenda in saying no. that. Um, but anyway, there were smoking sections just in random parts of the restaurant. So, you know, it still float everywhere. Half the times you walk through the smoking section to, to get, get to, to the non-smoking section. Anyway, there wasn't even glass partitions or anything. We, we've learned so much. You can put a plexiglass. It changes the world, apparently. Um <laughs> But in the early 2000s, well beyond smoking sections really coming out of restaurants, um, I went to Burger King with my grandparents. Don't know why I was hanging out with my grandparents. The Burger King? Burger King, Mount Juliet. Okay. Mount Juliet. And you walk in. It's it's Burger King. It's one giant room. They're just booths on either side. There's nothing down the middle. Foil ashtrays. Exactly. Yes. Oh, man. But they had a sign. One half of the booths, like one side was the smoking section. Like literally it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. It's like, uh, like there's nothing. There's no like, you know, the the waitress waving, you know, wandering you around the circuitous path of tables to make you feel like there's like space. No, like one room. It's like, it's like an old timey schoolhouse, like with just <laughs> booths on either side. But it was even as late as the early 2000s. Just the vivid memories of go every time before I would take the ACT, I would go to that Burger King and get a sandwich and <laughs> just. Like a sandwich and a Coke or Pepsi or whatever they had, and, and some little, little hash round, Burger King hash rounds. Oh are man, good. so good! And just all the old timers in there with their coffee and yes. their cigarettes. <laughs> it was. I I don't know if that's still a thing, but like yeah, like old men in in uh, McDonald's or Hardee's or when I was a little kid, it was Hardee's. When we were lived in Miami, the Hardee's had an upstairs. It was Mrs. Winters in Hermitage, but Mount Juliet, it was definitely Burger King. Yeah, the Hardee's. It had an upstairs, and that's where, like, I, like, old people love me, I guess. When I was a little kid, like, I, we were allowed to sit upstairs and eat in the morning, like, with the <laughs> old guys, because they they thought we were okay. Um, okay, let's see. Yeah, why would you surprise somebody in the middle of the day? Um, you know, everybody's starting to turn on her. Like, this is that, that's kind of when it starts to happen because. You know, she's she blows up on Michael while everyone else is in the other room ready to surprise her for her birthday. And she's accusing him of cheating with her best friend, with his best friend who's over who's in the room, who helped helped her plan the party. Yeah. And it's it's just, you know, from there, like everything is rolling out, like all the things you know, all, there's already been lots of seeds of doubt. I mean, we, we talked about the breastfeeding, which is uh, which is crazy and sounds weird. But also what it did was to start to separate her from her baby because the baby didn't need her in that capacity anymore. And she didn't understand why that bond was being broken. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a real subtle play. And to like realize, I mean, it wasn't even just her meeting, a, you know, that 
need that she had that was lost because her baby had died um yeah it like set to completely alienate her from her children too and that's that's like that's on another level (laughs) um so then then things start to get well i didn't even write down about about ernie hudson like i it's just there's there's a a plant there's a planting that and she insinuates that there might be something inappropriate going on and she plants some of their daughter's clothes in his little carpenter cart and makes it seem like he's got some sort of fetish at the very least and potential there's been some molestation going on which is just devastating um because he's caught her he's caught her breastfeeding the baby because he's painting so he's on a ladder and he's caught this so he sees it so he knows he knows he probably doesn't know like what that means but he knows it's wrong like this lady is not She's not helping this family. And I mean, he's already, he hasn't said anything. He's to his certain, to a certain extent, he's kept his pact because she comes down and immediately says, my story is going to be better than your story. And he, he cries and he's like, I'm not going to let you hurt my friends. Basically, you know, and it's, it's just devastating to know people, like when people get put in a powerless situation like that, it's just, ah, it's really, really tough. But um, after the party, I really feel like that's when we start really, truly driving into murder zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next thing I have is microfiche and apple knife. So Yes, exactly. So Marley, uh, real estate broker extraordinaire, you know, click, 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 high heels, uh, c- cigarettes, you know, your kind of guy, you know. I think the wind chime might have been a little. It was a little far-fetched. She did it so Rebecca DeMornay, first thing, brings some wind chimes, you know, for a gift that, oh, it helps the baby sleep. Marlene uncouthly says, like, oh, what's that? Like, gross, <laughs> um, which I agree. I, I I totally agree with her. But she's like, oh, it was a gift from from Peyton, you know. And so then uh, as a real estate broker, she's looking at, you know, what what's still out there. She's looking at how's it go, you know, the old the doctor's house still hasn't sold. And it's this garish modern thing. But she looks and she notices there's the same kind of wind chime hanging everywhere. She like picks up a magnifying glass <laughs> off her desk and like zooms in on it. Like a magnifying uh, or a wind chime. That must be the same. Like person. wind chime, wind chime, wind chime, wind chime. And so she's like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> and so she storms off. Hold my calls. Cancel all my meetings. Um, goes to the library. Gets on the microfiche. Children, sit around. Tell you a story. When we didn't have the internet, and even more, uh, even after the card catalog. Uh, actually, it might have been in the card catalog. You could look at slides of old my of old newspapers. You've probably seen it in some movies, and you put on like, "What's that?" I don't know. But every important mystery in a '90s movie has been solved by microfiche. Has, and like that's it. I knew when I saw. It. I was like, "Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna get there." And she finds. I feel the like news- there's microfiche in Chinatown. Uh, I feel like there's. It's everywhere. We should probably look like. But I know. I like know. Microfiche like, is a trope. Oh, it should- totally a trope. Flipping through because it's dark and the, the light and the the screens flipping and you know everything. You know, you find that one old newspaper that like nobody has you know has seen. And this can- isn't even that old. It's a, it's less than a year ago. Like you could probably still just get the newspaper. You probably could, but you it's can't. Probably in a binder somewhere. You can't Google it. Um, 
But so she's looking at it. She finds the picture from the funeral. She sees Rebecca de Mornay as the grieving widow. She clicks on the button to zoom in. And it's like enhance, 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 which also super 90s. Because even when even when we move to different technology in '90s movies, and we pretend that we're on the internet, um, we're still doing the exact we're same still, thing. Exactly, like you. There are all these things you really can't do on a computer. People act like you can do. They're doing it 200 years later in Blade Runner, but just with fancy, <laughs> you know, computers. And he's talking to the computer. She's like and enhance, enhances it, and she says, "Fucking a," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> So I did. <laughs> so my favorite thing. But then, of course, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen um, because it it could. I hoped that literally maybe the only person who might die in this movie is the person who is, you know, the perpetrator. But that doesn't turn out to be the case. Marlene tries to get a hold of Claire, can't get a hold of her anywhere. But there's already been that wedge, too, because uh, Claire has already accused her of potentially having an affair with Michael and she can't face her. She's embarrassed by that. She's already avoiding her. So the fact that she's reaching out about this and having, you know, no idea what it's about, that's already been set into play too. Um, I, I don't even know if, if that was a perceived consequence. Um, but so she's trying to get a hold of her. She's racing through. I thought she was going to get hit by a car. Mm. The way she was driving so erratically, like she was going to get hit by a car before she could go tell anybody. So th- th- this movie did a really good job of like setting up a lot of different possibilities. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out what was going on with the greenhouse because they'd said like, you know, you open it up so it doesn't get too hot. So I thought maybe she was going to jam it shut and lock them in so there was too hot in there. But yeah, I, I guess did it, not see like the falling glass. Well, I I understood when I saw what she did, but it I don't feel like I mean we we watch Claire. So the mechanism is you crank open the top of a greenhouse. We're all probably all not privileged enough to really be around greenhouses that often, but the big scale one, you crank it open and that has the glass is up at the top open um, but you have but she has to like use a crank and like a, a locking mechanism because it doesn't stay on its own and so we see her do that many many times I don't even like feel it. Like, it doesn't seem like it should do that I it, agree it, it seems like I mean if you you know sneeze or something like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think what should have happened I mean it seemed too out of left field for Rebecca de Mornay, who, why would she know? She's been, she's been around. She's been watching this happen, like watching the cranking thing and, and all that kind of stuff. But we should have had a scare. Mm. We should have had a little bit of a scare or, or it could have been an obvious thing. Like if we're not careful, blah, blah, that That's silly. Yes, true. And this movie didn't. There's that ADR. You're, you're, you're giving your notes to the studio. We need that line of ADR earlier. I know. On. And I don't usually like to do that. But I think that that was what was missing. You had to really pay attention. And also think that Rebecca De Mornay was paying attention enough that that would be the obvious way to potentially kill Claire. That so she cranks open the windows. Then she uses a shovel to prop it so that it's staying open but it's not actually locked in place so that when someone walks into the greenhouse they're going to kick the shovel and the windows are going to close they're going to close violently on themselves and so the glass is all going to break and fall in and 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 kill someone i want to see the mythbusters on that i I, 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 I think you're going to be you're going to be cut up but you're going to you're not like the top of your skull is pretty tough it's pretty tough and you're also going to throw your hands up 
Like if it's it got like you hear it. I mean, you don't have a lot of time. I mean, I mean and she wouldn't know. Cuts, but I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 curious as to MythBusters on that. I'll try to see. There's got to be someone that's worked the physics on that. Because it just doesn't seem like that would happen. We would happen. I'm sure, there's a Da Vinci Code sequel where that's how someone they they the bad guy dies in the end is the stained glass window breaks and hmm. impales him. So uh, apparently, more than one writer thinks that that's a way well, you can die. But I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of people die through a lot of panes of glass, like throwing back to ghosts. That's what happens there too. But but it did like falling glass. We've seen plenty of ridiculousness to see that falling glass isn't necessarily like mean. But yeah, you would throw your hands up. I mean, and like oh, falling glass. You want to go to uh, Final Destination two? <laughs> Final Destination movies. Oh my gosh, those are. I, I saw. I I was like so excited. I don't know why. Every once in a while, you get excited for a movie that doesn't make sense. Why you're excited for it? Like it's way out of your wheelhouse, really. But I was really excited for the first one, and I saw the first one. I didn't see any of the other ones. I really wasn't into it. But you said. You said this would be the perfect time for a jump scare, which I agreed. I wanted bloody Julianne Moore to like slap her hand up there and for there to be a fight. Like that's what I wanted. Like, because obviously I don't want her to be dead. Um, But then I don't know that I really buy this. I I don't know. I was just watching her with the knife. Because I I thought she was going to survive it and she'd kill her with a knife. And I just thought like watching her eat a knife or eat the apple with a knife like that, it just looked like my grandfather. (laughs) that's the only person like the grandfather and ralph the custodian at my elementary school are the only two people i've ever seen eat an apple like that with a pocket knife that's weird yeah no i I agree like that that seems uh, yeah i remember ralph the custodian from my elementary school i love that you do that's fantastic i mean he obviously was quite a character i mean he would peel your apple if you ask it if you ask him to oh that would be so not allowed now so many reasons there's some real ernie hudson stuff going on probably oh man but then i thought this was far-fetched so we've already seen claire have panic induced asthma Mm -hmm. it's the only time she has asthma i don't know i mean i you can get overly excited and get a little scared and that could make you have a panic attack and yes i guess that that could happen but she's a healthcare professional i would say that's not completely out of the question we would probably see symptoms at other times which we don't right. only see i think that's but i have to say she has really poor inhaler technique oh my gosh it's the worst i mean i use an inhaler occasionally and i think you strangely find it very sexy that i know how to use an inhaler correctly <laughs> but like way more so than than the phallic concept of using an inhaler i find it great that she like has good technique she just opens her mouth and sprays it in there like um yeah. that's just as as effective if you think that's going to work, then your your philosophy on secondhand smoke is <laughs> is is you know you think you should think you're getting ready to die uh, from from lung cancer already. Yeah, watch Goonies too if you want to see some bad inhaler techniques. Oh, uh, she yeah she just like sprays it in her mouth. But the forethought of thinking like okay, she's going to come home, so I didn't get to kill her with this, but woo, you get to kill Julianne Moore after she's confronted me. Um, so you know oh. That that's the second best. Um, so we've got the per- one person who knows out of the way. Claire's going to come home. She's going to see this dead body at some point. She's going to have a panic attack. I'm going to drain all of her inhalers of of their their mist of their whatever proprietary product is in there. I don't know. And so she's not going to have an inhaler. And maybe she'll die from that. And she almost does. She goes blue. It's very fast. I. I 
I don't know. I mean, that seems like a lot of things have to fall perfectly into place. Like, if only this bush had, like, bush has <laughs> if, has ears. Um, she should be on an inhaled corticosteroid with as many uh, exacerbations as she's having. <laughs> Sorry. Um, health corner. <laughs> health corner brought to you. But so it just, that seemed, of all the things that she's done, so subtly, so m- master manipulator, this seemed a little far-fetched. It did work because it's the movie and they wanted it to work. So she passes out. But she tried to call 911. She couldn't get her, her words out because she couldn't breathe. So the ambulance still comes. And she's pissed. She's pissed that the ambulance comes. So she, she hears them. She's walking the baby to be away from the no, house. She's just like, she's leaving. Yeah. She's leaving with the baby. I mean, it's just like oh, moving on to her new life. You know, that's, I did not even think that. I didn't even think that that she was just leaving with the baby. And I then mean, I think later on, maybe you know, because she wanted both daughters, so maybe or and husband too, you know, so maybe not. But I just kind of thought she was just taking the baby on to her new life. That that could very well have been. I mean, because she did like she was just going, and then it was like she was mad and she had was to go annoyed. back. Annoyed. She was like not mad. She was annoyed. Yeah, it's like ugh. someone managed to like, come do- on. You just die already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. What what movie is that from? Like, why would you just die already? The Crow? No. Because no, okay. it's funny. It's a okay. funny movie. I don't know. It might could it be Oliver Platt in there is no, I don't think it is. He there is like a real like juicy death scene in that one, which is uh, still played for laughs, but I I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I'm thinking of the crow where Michael Wincott from you know, from Three Musketeers yes. stabs uh John Politi Palaziti something from the Rocketeer. Okay, yeah. And stabs him in the neck and he just takes forever to die. No, this this is this is like Like, come on. Come on, why don't you just die already? <laughs> no, this one's funny. This is like a kid is is doing like some something something where like we want this person to die. Gotcha, like gotcha. and like it just won't happen. So she goes to the hospital, you know, she's on, you know, oxygen. You know, to to Michael's credit. I mean, no, let me take that back. Let me roll that back a little bit. He is acting completely appropriately in every step of the way. And that's not what you would expect in a plot. No, you'd expect him to start distrusting her or start getting mad or start overreacting or and to start going towards Rebecca de Mornay mm-hmm. and he doesn't or he, or he doesn't do any of that he doesn't he doesn't get that mad about the report he's really understanding about that he's he's really understanding every step of the way he's upset yeah he, but he's I mean, concerned but he yeah he, he's a really good dude he really movie. is I mean you know he, she's accusing him and he's like everybody's in the next room like you know, he, he doesn't, he, he does not rise to the occasion and that... He has the moral superiority in almost every really, moment and really just does not lord it over her, does not, yeah. He, he really doesn't. And and so even in this moment, it's like, because he, there there's no question, no one ever says like, did she kill Marlene? I mean, that is not out of the question. Um, Who knows how to rig... A greenhouse exactly. to murder somebody. Exactly. She would. She, even though it's been proven that that wasn't happening um, with Michael, that there wasn't an affair going on, she still, there still was, you know, beef. Like, why was Marlene going there? Like, why, you know, she has an alibi, so to speak, of like the note. And there's, there's, it would all come out that she didn't. But why is she there? Why did that happen? Like, and no, no one, it never comes up that, you know, oh, 
the the nice side moment of like no well she didn't die but now I framed her for murder um that that didn't become a thing but we do also have Ernie Hudson is around he's paying attention we see him again um the little girl sees him and and she knows she she says I'm not afraid of him I've never been afraid of him she she knows where she doesn't you know pick up on how Peyton is um Rebecca De Mornay she does pick up on the true character of Ernie Hudson and he's he's watching he knows that all these somehow all these things have been set into motion to harm them and it's all coming from her I don't have much except I was just so riveted by the finale yeah, it was that I didn't really write anything down the only thing I wrote down was the Seattle Police Department has about a 17 minute response time <laughs> and I said this is what happens when you defund the police and it's <laughs> Sorry. That's not what that means. Like we're not even going to get Sorry. We're not even gonna get into that because that's not what that means. But I, I just felt like watching the world burn there for a moment, you know. <sighs> somebody somebody just turned this thing off. Oh my gosh. But you but I didn't notice. I mean, of course, well she goes to the house. Somehow Somehow Claire like gets some gumption and and thinks Marlene was on to something because she finds the, the note in her pocket where she was supposed to call her back. And she wants to find out what she was doing before she died. And she goes and she finds and she sees sees all the same things. Oh, it's charade. Is there there's that. Like you all the like flashes. The dun, 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 Every, everybody like seeing the same series of things and putting it together. But she elephants. <laughs> she goes to the house and tours the house and the nursery, because Rebecca De Mornay has redecorated the nursery while she's been in the hospital. We'll say, Michael, no bueno no, yeah, on that. that. Bad move, dude. Bad, bad move. Bad move. Did you know it was like almost all of the toys in the nursery, like the stuffed animals on the shelf were all had like blue and red on them, as I was talking about earlier. Well, that's what I didn't. I mean, I know she did that, but I, I hadn't noticed the the color changes in the house good on you on that that's i, I love that it's very like you know uh this is very david lynch very um uh, m night shaman but so she she goes and she goes into the nursery at the doctor's house that's off that's for sale and is decorated exactly the same as her nursery is in her house now and so she knows she knows and also there's a breast pump and she goes like she puts that together too like oh my gosh She's like she doesn't really say it, and I appreciate that we don't have us like dun, 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 like I, I don't know. There's there's a mix of like I do love those moments, but we didn't need to like make a list. She didn't need to come home and say you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. She just came yeah. home and punched her square <laughs> in the face. It was a really fun driving scene of her driving back as yeah. she's driving all over the road. It felt very reminiscent of kind of film noir Hitchcock, mm-hmm. you know, just that driving just crazy to get home. And and so yeah, it just goes from there. She punches her in the face. She identifies her for who she, who she is. He doesn't totally get it. And and there's a lot to unpack. I yeah. mean, there's a there's probably months worth of things you're gonna start gonna go. Oh wow, she did this and she did this. Like because they haven't communicated entirely on what she's been saying to to each one of them. But yeah, she comes home from the hospital and she's taken over. She's changed the house. She's wearing her bracelet. She's, you know, playing cards like, you know, she's playing mommy and she's playing it hard. But yeah, I, I will say, yeah, well, and also they call the police and they're like, is it an emergency? Like, well, no, not an emergency. Like, 
we just realized this person has been trying to sabotage our lives for the last like however many months but i guess it's not an emergency like, like our nanny might have murdered my ex-girlfriend right like she and is probably coming back for us tonight yeah so all of those like, things maybe happen. you get some cops out here that'd be nice get like at least a locksmith <laughs> I mean, at least a 24-hour locksmith, uh, I think, is in order. Maybe a couple of firemen or just, just somebody. You know, like, can, can somebody come by? But so then, like then it's we... It's getting dark outside. It's getting dark. Right. Then we are truly in that kind of, you know, slacker, uh, slasher horror movie kind of moment of like, she's in the house. Where in the house is she? She's attacked the husband. She lures him with Pirates of Penzance. He has quite a fall over the banister uh, moment <laughs> after being shoveled in the face. I didn't even think about the shovel kind of being a murder weapon in multiple ways or mm-hmm. attempted murder weapon in multiple ways. That's her, her weapon. That's her of go-to. Choice. She likes shovels. I don't know where the wet bandits are. <laughs> yeah. So then she goes on the full, you know, full hard press. She's attacking Claire. She's trying to steal the, the kids. Um, little girl is like, you're not my mommy. And she, I, I, I the line earlier on there was like, I'll just go get my baby and be on my way. Like, oh, oh yeah, I know creepy. she like, did. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I'll just go get my things. Like, <laughs> right? It's like uh, that should have been like that should have been the thing. Like, um, so we have a nanny who like, we just probably- found out is not really a nanny. Is was kind of seeking revenge, and she did say she's going to take our baby. Like, <laughs> I mean, that did come out of her mouth, right. and it's probably plausible. Yeah, like the the, the late or the 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 widow of the of the man that we It's like, get out it's like I understand this is complicated. We don't really have time to discuss it though, but I think you should send someone out right now. Like this, this is uh, we spent a whole movie developing this. It's been about an hour and a half. So I don't have time to explain this to you on the phone. But just please send somebody out. It would be nice. Yeah. So yeah, then we did the full, you know, stalking them through the house you know people being injured and coming back and this and that and ernie hudson knows and he's he's there he's come you know he's he's trying to sneak the children out through the attic and he's protecting them you know to at all costs and he really is you know the savior of of this he he's the the true innocent he's seen you know her for who she is this whole time and he's never lost faith even when they lost faith in him i do want to i want to mythbusters the picket fence impaling oh yeah 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 i'm, I'm curious if that wood is really sturdy enough yes sorry we know that wrought iron fence impaling is absolutely possible That's- absolutely possible but hearkening back very beginning so ernie hudson has built this fence and he asks her when they're building the fence and he's trying to articulate basically what side do you want the lock on is what he's asking but do you want to keep people out or keep people in and you know i think that that's it's you don't know who you want to keep out and who you want to keep in because who you think you want to keep out maybe that's you can't trust everyone the people you bring into your life maybe are are uh, coming under false pretenses and maybe you should have kept them out of your life but then again, like, are there people who want to get away and you want to keep there? Right. There's real. There's, there's so it's much. It's very ominous. Statement. It's very ominous. And so really it sets it up. You, you don't really know. Like, that's the last thing I said is that like Ernie Hudson, this should be like a haunted house movie or an Amityville movie. I mean, this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is definitely playing up the spooky and. Well, early on, but then he's yeah. very endearing. Um, but I and this this is this is just an extra tag or whatever that like it left such a devastating thing. Like his 
when they thought he he had betrayed them and had hurt their daughter, um, you see later on that the everything is half painted. Mm-hmm. Like no one's come back and finished it. Yeah. It just is. They've just left it right as it is because they were only having him there because they cared about him. Um, and it's like our lives are kind of broken from this moment on. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. I don't want to end on that, but like, no. like even Michael, like the, the bike they gave him, like he puts it in the, you know, it's not like, no, like this bike, is, you don't get they the still, bike. They he, still he give it to the bike in the, you know, himself into the, into the trailer. They're and, all still sad. I mean, it's so sad. Um, Okay, we don't have to end that Yeah, let's not that. Like we, else. we come home. We've watched this scary movie. You grab a package off the porch, and you leave the front door unlocked. Uh. I was like, how could you leave the front door unlocked? We just watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because the package was full of cat toys. <laughs> and yes, as you've heard in past episodes, um, we have a crazy kitten. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was necessary fun stuff. Yeah, um, maybe it, we'll- it, it prevented... It prevented him from being like the uh, the going deeper on Teen Wolf, which oh we're still a little ashamed of. Sorry uh, about that. It was, yeah, no way around it. But yeah, so this this movie was fantastic. Um, it it was it was scary. It was adult on so many levels. Um, oh, the poster. Oh yeah, because when we we watched this, of course it. It's on a DVD. It's project, you know, right. or a, a Blu-ray, Ultra HD, whatever. I mean, that's fine. That, that's that's what repertory content. This isn't mm-hmm. the Alamo Draft House we're going to. This is our, you know, yeah. it, even then, a lot of that stuff's digital. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the they, it goes to the DVD menu and has the poster, and the poster is exactly what we wanted for, for a decent, decent proposal. Right, exactly. It's it's she's in between the two. Between the two, she's in color. They're in black and white. It's much more effective. Um, so we'll have to com- we'll we'll shot up a comparison of both of those two. But we had a really I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, we'll go a little deeper on some things, but I mean, it holds up. Absolutely. I don't know if it's one that I'll want to watch over and over no, again, but I it's think traumatic. So worth a watch. It's it's great if you've if you've never watched it. It it's a great thriller. It is triggering and, and traumatic in a lot of different ways. So um, throwing that out there as a warning. Um, I, mean, I feel basic instinct is something I could watch over and over. Yeah, it's, it's kind of has basic and, instinct still has a camp value to it, even uh-huh. though it is very violent. I would almost have thought it had a camp value at the time. It's possible yeah. it did. I, I don't know. That's hard to say. But I would say maybe even Teen Wolf is kind of rewatchable. Yeah, it's, um, it's when, fine. You know. I'm trying to think of if, you know, most of these movies that we've done really, I and mean, decent, I think uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is infinitely Well, I mean, that's, but, you know. I mean, in Dirty Dancing, Dirty I mean, I could watch that a ton. I mean, I don't, I don't love it in the same way. I would fast forward through some parts of Dirty Dancing. I would want to see the dancing. Yeah, it's, it's fun. But I wouldn't want to watch Indecent Proposal again. It, it's kind of adult in the same kind mm-hmm. of way. It's devastating in some different ways, but in some very adult and very uh, crappy modern modern design and modern architecture that doesn't is not selling at full value anymore. <laughs> um, keep that yeah. in mind, y'all. If you build a really crazy out there house, you're probably not going to get back what you put in for it. There's there's your there's your uh, real estate uh, corner <laughs> as we head out. As we were driving by the really fancy new houses right across from the police station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get there. Yeah. Like, oh, man, there's going to be so many. You think people coming home with their honking their horns is annoying. People leaving out of there with their sirens on. Oh, that, yeah, that's definitely All night long. location, location, definitely a thing. But all right, so 
now that we have done this, yeah, that's all I've got to say about it. Um, I think it was a great movie, and the it, nostalgia value to this experience going back. It was. To our it was fantastic. We're, we're we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, uh, we'll figure we out it? how to Full do that. Cineplex. Yeah, Full Moon Cineplex in Hermitage. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So We were there. There was six of us there. Yeah. Two, it was, two people were from out of town who were just stopping by and just looking for something to do. Oh, really? Or, I, yeah. didn't, I, I didn't notice that. How did, did you just hear them say I that? I heard him say that while oh, we were really? watching The Twilight Zone before the Oh, yeah. So the they, they were playing Twilight Zone before the movie. So you didn't even get the the weird questions or the, the roller coaster of popcorn and, and Coke. <laughs> it, it was a full, full nostalgia experience. But it was great. Uh, if you're in town catch one check it out you know they don't play movies like every day um it, it's, it's very... just the weekends but it's i mean indiana jones and nightmare on elm street and halloween it's just a lot of genre films and so uh... we'll be keeping an eye out for some fun ones and maybe maybe when the world opens up we can have some sort of little uh pop-up like get together and i'll watch something together people are in town that might be a fun thing to do that'd be amazing but yeah so i'm now i want to go we just we talked about before that we got a bunch of VHS tapes from my parents' house and I want to go take some of those clamshell cases and put them in a window somewhere and get that smell going because I want to get back to the video store. Uh, <laughs> we got we got back to my movie theater. Now I need to get back to the video store. I need that smell of the pre-blockbuster independent video store with the clamshell cases baking in the sun. They're completely bleached out. You can barely even read right. what's on there. And that I can feel... I can feel the carpet under my toes. I can. Uh, Why were you barefoot at the blockbuster? I was in like flip flops, probably. Still, Not, this is pre-blockbuster. <laughs> this is what's Publix now. This is. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. All right, so we'll figure out how we can get you back to the video store. I don't think there's any video stores left. But I don't know. Maybe we'll just we'll just heat up a yeah. <laughs> so if you hear about our house burning down i might have been uh heating up some some clamshell disney cases in the oven just to see if i can get that smell back so sorry about that uh anyway okay, Jenny's telling gets... me to shut up and let's end this thing she's hungry and it's late all right well, thanks guys thanks for joining us for another ride we enjoyed it hope you did too um check us out on instagram forbidden cinema or on uh, shoot, shoot us an email at forbidden cinema podcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you soon all right bye guys thanks bye